eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, and let's talk some hoops with our guy, Derek Piper. And it's getting into summer evaluation season. Derek and I were at Riverside Brookfield. Derek, a little longer than I was. Uh, we got to see some uh, Illinois recruits, Illinois targets. I uh, got to see the Illinois coaches out on the road as they have this kind of high school evaluation period. Then, of course, you have the live period with the AU circuit coming up this summer. Derek, how's it feel to get back on the road, man, and, and see some uh, prospects, see some coaches? Feels really good. It's my element, as you like to say on Twitter. Uh, and it certainly is something I've been doing for a long time. And anytime you get a chance to be around coaches and, and sit next to them and talk about prospects, but also just catch up with what's going on with as far as workouts at this point in time, but just to, to see some familiar faces out on the road uh, is always fun. And then when you have some high level prospects or, or guys that are being recruited by high majors and, and some that maybe aren't right now, but might blow up. That that whole dynamic is always interesting. So uh, for me, it, it was always, it was great. I got out in Louisville uh, a couple of weeks ago. I guess that was late May. There was no coaches out at that point, but post Cade showing up, it was kind of a new, it was going back in normal reality for me. So, you know, that's something that gets my juices pumping. Post-COVID, post-Cade, yeah, nice to have a little back uh, to reality there. Well, well, today, Derek, we'll talk about some of the latest on the 2022-23 roster. Uh, We'll talk about diving into the future recruiting. Of course, Illinois has a great start in 2024 with two commits. We'll hone in on the class of 2023 a little bit because I know that's coming into focus. And I might even ask you a little bit about the NBA draft, which is just uh, two days away as we record this on Tuesday. But I want to get your thoughts quickly, Derek, on, on a few things that have happened in college basketball Pete Nance finally has a home. Uh, he, he took some time, but uh, kind of landed in a place once Matthew Meyer committed to Illinois that, that we would expect. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pete Nance to a North Carolina team that is just loaded? Pretty amazing, like five months for North Carolina basketball, given that they were on the bubble and then they get to the championship and now they might be the number one team preseason. Pretty unbelievable for them. And to bring back four of their five starters, needing to replace Brady Manick, at least that role. I know there's been a lot of talk about, well, you know, Matthew Myers, not Brady Manick. They're actually really different players. And and that's been a a fair narrative, but there's that opportunity there for someone to really be a focal point in that front court alongside Armando Baycott. And and obviously we got the the guards of R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. So if you're tabbing them number one, I, I certainly would at this time, just based on how deeply talented that starting five is and I think that Nance 
You think about his ability to stretch the floor. He's a guy that can shoot threes. He's a guy that can pass well if you want to do some high-low action from Nance down into Baycott. Uh, and I think that uh, he's someone that when Baycott's not on the floor can play your five. So an option there, four or five. They want to put Puff Johnson in there and play Pete Nance at the five. It's a great addition for North Carolina. It's not necessarily – it's not surprising that if you had – you know, when we knew that Matthew Meyer and Pete Nance were in the transfer portal and probably going to come out of the NBA draft process, we said probably – one goes to Illinois and one goes to North Carolina. Now, you would have flipped those two. You would have said that Meyer yeah. looks a little bit more like Manic stylistically and that, uh, you know, purely fit in terms of someone that could really fit at that five for Illinois, Pete Nance, and, you know, the fact that he played in the Big Ten and, and that whole kind of deal. We thought that Nance made the, probably the most sense for Illinois and then Meyer to North Carolina, but it, it's actually the inverse. And I think that both teams really went out in that. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there's a loser out of that one. It, it, changes Illinois stylistically as we've talked about throughout the last couple of weeks but and then for North Carolina you get a really darn good player on a roster that's that's loaded yeah when Illinois and North Carolina can kind of share you know the transfers that's a good spot for Illinois to be uh, with where North Carolina has been for the last decade all right Derek uh, a couple more transfers in the Big Ten David Jenkins from Utah to Purdue Purdue finally gets a guard and Michigan finally gets a shooter in Joey Baker from Duke do any of those change what you feel about those teams in the Big Ten race? I think Jenkins is a nice piece for Purdue as a three-point specialist, a guy that at Utah shot a high percentage. It's a familiar narrative for Illinois fans. You get Alfonso Plummer. I'm not saying he's that kind of sniper. I'm not saying he's going to be one of the best three-point shooters in the country this year, but Purdue has a lot of questions in that backcourt. It's still a lot centered around the point guard spot, deservedly so. Uh, we'll see if Brandon Newman can step back up into a more prominent role. they got a couple freshman options as well. But we know the front court is going to be deep and talented. While you may, some people may not be as familiar with Caleb First or even Trey Kaufman, who was a top 50 prospect who redshirted last year. You throw that in with Mason Gillis and Zach Eady. Having Jenkins on the perimeter with Ethan Morton, those are shot makers that can provide some spacing around Zach Eady. So I think that elevates Purdue a little bit. I, in my power rankings earlier this week, I had Purdue at five. So – uh, it, it's hard to project once you get into that four through seven, eight. I mean, every off season, it kind of feels like that, but this yeah. one in particular, the athletic asks us to do it. And usually you and I go back and forth. And I, I feel like the last couple of years, we've kind of been on board with exactly kind of what the tiers were. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to have like Illinois, Indiana, pretty high. I'm going to have, I still going to have Michigan, Michigan state, Purdue pretty high. But there's like five teams behind them, Derek. Like that's the that I think could finish top four. <laughs> it's just it says a lot about the lack of elite ability at the top, but it also says the the great depth. And I think Joey Baker makes sense. He's not quite Jacob Grandison, in my opinion, who's basically the trade here. Um, Duke takes Jacob Grandison. Joey Baker's going to Michigan. Uh, he's got some skill, former top fifty recruit, but uh, they needed a shooter. He, he certainly can't address that. I just don't know to what level he's going to be compared to some of the options we thought Michigan could have been in on. Yeah, they were in heavy on Terrence Shannon Jr. They were linked to Jacob Grandison, at least. And then Amani Bates is someone else that they've been linked towards. And apparently even Illinois is linked to him. I think we can talk about that here in a second. Yep. But Joey Baker, yeah, uh, that's someone that can provide shot making. Uh, I think I like Terrence Williams as a four-man. We can really play 3-4 for them. I think he's going to step up now that Diabate is not there. We know Dickinson's an all-American caliber center. And we'll see if that backcourt is good enough. If Llewellyn out of Princeton can provide what they were hoping to get out of uh, Devontae Jones last year. So 
I, I just think Dickinson elevates them, you know, their floor so much. And then they, they do have talent. Like we'll just see if it clicks quicker than it did last year. Cause again, once you get past a couple of those top dudes on Michigan, you, you're questioning experience and continuity quite a bit. Derek, you mentioned the name. Amani Bates is still without a home. And the internet, or some corners of the internet, are talking about Illinois as an option. I cede the floor to you before I just I, I go off on this, but go ahead. I look forward to your rant. I'll start with that. <laughs> um, no, I, I did see that, and immediately we're both at Riverside Brookfield, I think, when that hit Twitter, and it just didn't make any sense. And then you ask people who would know, and they say it doesn't make any sense. And uh, where's Illinois loaded up at, even if you're just looking at fit. I, I think when you're just looking at what Illinois could use, and there's been a very, uh, not necessarily a secret as far as the narrative of they could really use another five man. It's another option to play the five, or if they wanted to go point guard route to throw it in the mix with those young guards, they have wings. They have guys that can play two through four, especially that three and four spot. Uh, and then you think about who Brad, Brad Underwood is, and uh, the fact that Amani left midseason at Memphis, and is all that's around him. And they have RJ, who they love. They have Ty Rogers, who they love. They have Coleman Hawkins. They, you know, on down the line. And some people just like to like to be noticed. And, and look, we're in positions here where we got to vet information. We're told all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes. And we're told, yes. We're told Corbello, you know, while Corbello's out the door, no way Corbello's coming back. No, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, well, some people said that he was. And we had to say, no, that, that doesn't sound right. Or Adam Miller, yeah, back to Illinois. Uh, nope, that doesn't make sense either. So bet your information, people. That's the thing, right? Is like, I, I can guarantee somebody told somebody that Imani Bates was, was considering Illinois. Or Illinois wants Imani Bates. They're in on Then you got to go ask somebody. <laughs> like, you have to vet that. If that's our job, whether you consider yourself a reporter or not, if you're going to throw it out there, you have to vet that stuff. And, or you, Derek, you just look at the roster and have some skepticism. As you said, Imani Bates makes no sense for this roster. And I don't want to throw Imani Bates under the table because he's he's a great talent. Like, he could be an NBA player. Maybe he's not the the next LeBron James as he was built up to be his freshman or sophomore year. We as media got to stop doing that. But this is a kid that needs the ball in his hands, right? And Illinois has just added Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, Ty Rogers to a group that includes Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez. Right, like this doesn't make and Luke Goody, this doesn't make any sense for Imani or for Illinois. So why would that happen? So that's where the skepticism, the alarm bells have to go off, and it just makes no sense. And then you bring it up, whether it's fair for the kid or not. Like there's there's drama around him, right? Right? There's there's some baggage that deals with that. And are you going to bring Imani Bates, who you don't know how great of a player he is? you know, play him off the bench. Like that doesn't make sense for Amani. Amani's got to go somewhere where, where they need him and they need to take a, a gamble on him and kind of center things around him. That's why Louisville makes sense. So maybe lower level. I, I don't know if it's a mid mid major. I know he's from Ypsilanti. So Eastern Michigan, you, you kill it there, but for Illinois roster, maybe if they didn't get Shannon, maybe if they didn't get Meyer, but they had those two guys. So it, it makes no sense in roster construction. I think if you brought him in, It'd just be a cluster, right? Like, there's going to be so many people unhappy, and I think one of them, mostly, would be Imani Bates. So just made no sense. Absolutely. I mean, you said it right there. We're already talking about someone out of this group is going to be unhappy just because of the competition and how much minutes 
are there and, and how it's ultimately going to shake out. But this staff, again, they, they know that Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer are going to be ex your two most proven pieces on this team, huge focal points, all league caliber players. They love RJ. They want to give him a bunch of opportunities. Ty Rogers, same thing. I mean, if they really want another piece, they probably would have pushed hard to bring back Jacob Grandison versus trying to get uh, Amani Bates and all that he brings. Uh, Amani should go to Oakland, play with Rocket Watts. Let's there you go. Team. Yeah, Greg Campy. Oh, he's awesome, yeah. man. I would love that. But like at this moment for Illinois, what they have, they would rather have Ty Rogers than Amani Bates. Because because that's Ty is exactly what they need to fit in, play his role. Amani's got to be the guy uh, somewhere, and, and Illinois just doesn't provide that. So maybe it's Louisville, maybe it's some other place, but it, it, it won't be Illinois. Speaking of Ty Rogers, what an offseason it's been for him, Derek. Um, some good buzz going about him, both outside and inside the program, it seems like. There definitely is, and it's a great thing that he performed as well as he did Team USA, and that was something that – Io had on the heels of arriving in Champaign as a freshman to win a gold medal with Team USA uh, and and really show out. I know that Bill Self raved about, and at least privately to Brad Underwood, I think he had some good things to say publicly as well about Io's defense and just uh, being such a big part of winning. I know that's something that's very much tied to Ty Rogers as well. And uh, now coming off of that, that uh, Underwood last week was talking about Mike Boynton, who was an assistant, not only under Brad Underwood, but on this Team USA squad and said that look he was the most coachable guy on that team he was supremely valuable I mean in terms of the hierarchy Cam Whitmore is above everybody <laughs> but then Ty Rogers is right up there as far as value on that team and uh, I mean you're even hearing that some NBA scouts are starting to to dig around on Ty and ask questions and try to learn more about his game the jump shot's the big question because he really has everything else uh, I mean he's not some kind of like freakishly freakishly athletic type of guy but he is athletic I think he's very skilled he can play defense he's long he's versatile but can he make mid-range to to three-point jump shots if teams are going to give him that I think if you have four other shooters on the floor then, then that takes away some of that pressure on him but um, his, his jump shot's not completely broke at least I, I from what I've seen it's not but to me it's confidence to me, to me, it's yeah. confidence in, in, in doing it. Um, that, that's even Ty Streets told me that when I saw him this February. He goes, "Hey, we, we encourage him to shoot because he can. He just needs confidence in it, and that's that's the next step. And I'm sure that's a focus in the off season. I, I mean, his. I wonder, you know, as much as Brad Underwood loves Baylor and taking Baylor players, Derek, how much is he showing Jeremy Sohan film right now? Because that. That is the model for, for Ty Rogers to the NBA. And I'm not saying he's going to be a lottery pick like Sohan's going to be, but this is a guy who's underrated as a recruit but does everything well except shoot it. But he shot the ball at Baylor. He shot about three threes a game, made about one of them, and uh, that, that'll that get you the value you need. If you defend like that, you can create, um, you can really attack the glass, and you, you play with that kind of energy and effort. Yeah, he doesn't have to be a 40% three-point shooter for this to work. It's just a serviceable three-point shooter to add into everything else that he can do. He fits the Baylor model. He fits the type of player that Michigan State got for a couple decades. And uh, I think that there's opportunity for him to come in and earn a starting spot. That's something that can be on the table early on. And I know that they're thrilled just to get him in practice, knowing the talent that he has, the type of competitor that he is, a guy that can maybe even provide a little bit of leadership quality. But I mean, the battles between Meyer and Shannon and Rodgers and Melendez, like that's going to be a lot of fun for this team to watch play out. And 
and, and we'll see. There's a lot of minutes in terms of it, it's a fun exercise for us to do in fantasy right now. Here's your starting five. Here's the minutes how we're divvying it up. There's still a lot to be earned out there. Uh, and Ty is someone that can really carve out a lot for himself. And the great part is it has to be earned now, right? Like you have to go earn it and practice with the talent uh, that they have. So that's a good thing. And, and we saw a little clip from Illinois' uh, Instagram and Twitter today. And, and Brad Underwood's focus was defense. We're going to be one of the best teams in the country. You have to play harder than everybody. Uh, that's what I think you like to hear. I know we're excited about offense and, and getting going in transition, but um, I think this team could be great defensively. All right, Derek, before we uh, focus on future recruiting, one more spot to fill on the 2022 roster. What are the options here for Illinois? So ideally, they're going to fill one of those two, leave one open. It's a possibility if you don't add somebody that you want of the remaining options, then you could potentially carry two. Of course, you never know. I think even as we go deep into the summer, we've seen in the past teams, Illinois, even in the gross era, Khalid Lewis was one that was like, late July, August as a type of addition. Grandison and Hutcherson, right? Yeah, that's true. Too late. That's true. So it's possible, but uh, we do know that Zachary Perrin, who is a six foot ten big man out of France, is an option that Illinois has been involved with. And I think a decision's probably coming soon on him in terms of him figuring out ultimately what he wants to do. Now he's weighing whether to come and play in college or stay back overseas and have some professional opportunities. The big wrinkle I think from Illinois perspective is the NIL with him being if he were to come over here and be on a student visa that unfortunately right now within the rules wouldn't allow him to earn NIL money uh, so when you're balancing it can make a living overseas versus come over to the United States and not be able to earn that uh, that's certainly part of the equation but I think that uh, Illinois they love his upside because he's very skilled uh, he won an MVP in the Adidas next gen uh, competition and some people who watch him I, I'm not saying he's Trace Jackson Davis but I think he's got some of that that mold to him uh, and maybe a poor man's Trace Jackson Davis or whatever it might be so uh, I like his skill set I've heard Illinois and UCLA really linked to him as far as the college options we'll see if he ultimately makes the move over to over to the United States and then uh, Thomas Hall is someone who's really blown up yeah. as a 23 potential reclass of 22 I think there's quite a few teams that are recruiting him to come this upcoming season because uh, he's either going to go prep school because he's already graduated high school or he's going to uh, come and reclass to 2022. Illinois, as you interviewed him, I think a week or a week and a half ago, he's going to visit here soon. I think it will be this week, probably for an official visit. He's coming. He's was at Maryland at the beginning of the week. He's taken a couple other visits. And I think that ideally Illinois would like to get Perrin. I think that he might be their, their primary if they could, if they could be pick and choose, but Paul is someone that can stretch the floor. He's 6'9". He can put the ball in the deck. He's skilled, and he you can see some upside there. Probably not a guy that helps you a ton, and I think the same goes for probably either player, but provides depth and someone you can really mature over a year and, and have someone that can maybe play next season. Yeah, I know this isn't the the comp that'll get people excited, but like when I watched Thomas Hall, I just thought of John Eakey. Like, it just certain things, the way he plays, uh, he's got some bounce to him, uh, but he can hit threes, he's skilled, and yeah, I think that you get him in your program, you develop him, uh, he could be something good down the road. All right, Derek, let's focus on the class of 2023, and I start on this question for you. Who is the top target in the class of 2023? Because it seems like we were struggling to figure out who was the priorities, so who do you think right now is the priority target in the class of 2023 for Illinois basketball? I think it's six foot eight, skilled forward, Amani Hansberry. Team Durant plays on the 
East Coast, goes to high school in the Baltimore area. He's originally from Washington, D.C., and Chester Frazier's been on him for a while. It's a guy that they've really had to choose whether to go all in on him, uh, and I think they've evaluated through him throughout the spring, and Chester's kept them within the mix. And based on the way he's performed this spring, bleeding into the summer, he's been fantastic. And I think the staff is all in on him right now. They had a Zoom with him last week. Uh, Maryland is now jumping in. They've been without offering him for a while, but now that they're they're trying to get in there and push, Penn State has been the leader because they've worked the hardest on him. They've had him on campus a couple of times. Virginia Tech's another team that's had him on campus and has worked decently hard. Villanova's offered, but they haven't been hugely involved with him. But Hansberry is someone that you look at the the DNA of Brad Underwood, look at the DNA of Chester Fraser. I mean, just gritty, tough, all-out effort, versatile. I, you look at his offensive skill set. Like as a six foot eight guy, I watched him in Louisville have a game where he had 11 points, eight assists, and six rebounds. I mean, he's six foot eight. He's pushing the ball up the floor off of rebounds. He's going out to the perimeter and finding cutters and being able to pass. And defensively, he just works as hard as anybody. I mean, challenging every shot. Uh, he kind of plays that. At 6'8", he can play the four. He can play a small ball five. Uh, there's just a lot to like about him. And I think that Illinois has been very, very selective, very patient, knowing that there are a lot of guys they can bring back and knowing that it could be a losing battle trying to prioritize certain spots and have other teams say, where are you going to play in that team next year? Yeah. Hansberry is someone that they feel like they can sell opportunity right away, and, and especially as he uh, matures and, and goes into his latter years in college. Yeah, Derek, like 2024, they have Merez Johnson already. We'll talk about James Brown. But what are they now looking for in the post-Kofi era in, in the post? Have you have you noticed anything, or is it just uh, you know a bunch of different skill sets they're looking at? I think when you look at the guys they've offered, mostly it's those that can provide some offensive skill. It's those that can provide a little bit of, of shooting or be able to stretch the floor. I mean, Jazz Gardner is someone that – might be their top five-man, true five-man target, and he can shoot threes. He can uh, take the ball off the bounce a little bit. That's something that uh, they do certainly look at. Uh, I think mobility, even if it's going to be a low-post guy for the most part, someone that can be a little bit more mobile defensively, cover more ground, not necessarily be locked into, well, we can't get him out on the perimeter and, and help play help defense or anything like that. Uh, there's, you know, every, every once in a while you'll see one or two guys who maybe – look like the Kofi mold and, and why wouldn't you? Cause you have that sell, uh, you know, as well as anybody in terms of a guy that is in that, you know, 300 pound, big bruising, if you wanted to go that direction. But I think that talking to Brad, talking to the staff, like they're really happy about what's going to change stylistically and, and what this new brand of basketball is going to look like for Illinois. And I, I think it would be hard pressed for them to kind of switch it back and, and go for as much winning as they have with Kofi, um, I think that they like the idea of five-out basketball, positionally versatile, defensively. I think that's what you're going to see. In-state, it's not a very strong class in 2023. I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, high-major players, but maybe not the elite level. But you, you saw Dalen Davis, a guard. Uh, Cam Christie, of course, Max Christie's brother, who seems like he's playing pretty well. Both those guys put up big numbers at Riverside Brookfield. What do you think of them, and, and are they real Illini options, do you think? Yeah, the note on the, the state, um, you know, at one time, Kylan Boswell was here, Jeremy Fears was here, Mattis Bozilis, who's a five-star, was here, J.J. Taylor was here. That's a pretty so, good class. <laughs> it would have been, yeah. I, I think this, I think Illinois or other in-state or, or regional teams would be like, hey, where, where are you going? Why don't you stick around and uh, 
and keep this thing together because look we've we've talked both you and i and i know you've you've had the conversation with joe hendrickson before about when's the state going to get back to having like five legit high major players in one class we used to see that uh you know early 2010s and whatnot that would this would be one of those classes where you would have that depth but with them, them leaving there's certainly not as many uh, data aims the guy ken wood didn't play this weekend at rb but uh to your question about dalen davis He's someone that early on in his high school career was thought of as one of the top young players in the state. And then just consistency wasn't there. So him being about six foot two guard, um, he had some really good games. Uh, now, he was kind of up and down a little bit. That first game we watched him on Friday, he, he wasn't all that great, had a better second game, but he really went off on Saturday with varying threes. I thought uh, he's just really got a great flow to him off the dribble, uh, made some nice passes as well. So. I think there is a question for Illinois in terms of guards. Like, do we need to bring in another point guard? We got Epps and Clark as – I think you'd imagine if Sky Clark gets gets healthy, he's probably not going to be here three or four years. It might be two years instead. Uh, but you'd expect both those guys back. You have ZZ Clark in, in 2024. Not that he's going to totally alter how you're going to approach things. But I, I don't know that you need a point guard. But they did, they did offer him again, um, Dalen Davis – uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and are at least in the mix with him. So yeah. I'm not sure he's going to be, I don't think he'll be a priority for Illinois. Ultimately, I think they'll continue to monitor him, but being a mean streets guy, being a guy that's starting to play more up to his potential, it's worth watching. Uh, yeah. And then Christy, Derek, seems like he's some people I talk to think he's a little underrated nationally. Uh, Max had such big hype. Um, good, really good player, right? Like, what do you think of him? Cam's made a lot of strides. I think when you look at him from the last from last year to this year, he's become so much more efficient. You know, coming up earlier on in his career, he was just a high volume scorer, a guy that put up a bunch of shots and didn't always have the most efficiency. Now he's he's a really good shooter. Like he's someone that I saw him on Saturday, I believe, and he hit like four or five threes in a row without a miss and had multiple 30-point games at this event. And no, he's not the best athlete. Uh, not that he's a, a terrible athlete or anything like that, but I think there's a difference a little bit in terms of Max and him on that front. Uh, he's similar to Max. He's slender. He's he's going to have to add some strength. Uh, and off the dribble game, he can tighten his hand a little bit more. That's something if you're if you're nitpicking, if you're trying to find ways that he can get better, uh, those are some things you point to. But he's someone that can really shoot it. A guy that can get his own off the dribble. And yeah, I think what's interesting is he has about you know six or seven Big Ten offers, but who out of that group is really pushing for him? I think that's the question right now. Minnesota is one for sure. I know they've hosted him, I think, for an official. And it sounds like they are definitely in on him. Illinois is, is staying involved. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if Illinois really pushes because they want they do want a shooter uh, if, if it's the right fit, uh, ultimately. And, look, he's got size. He's got ability to shoot. And he's, he's playing really well, so credit to him. Derek, uh, I always have to pause every once in a while and say, think of how far Illinois basketball has come, that they might not need a point guard and uh, they might not push for a four-star guard in state. So just want to make that mention. 2024, Derek, they already have Marez Johnson, who I love as a prospect, plays so dang hard. He's, he's a little raw still offensively, but uh, I, I just love what he could be. ZZ Clark, uh, obviously, we'll see what he does. I, I know he didn't have the greatest summer so far spring, uh, but uh, we'll see where he goes. Obviously very talented. But you had the chance to catch up with James Brown, uh, who's higher ranked than Marez Johnson slightly in all the rankings. 6'9 center is really starting to blow up with offers out of St. Rita. Teammates with Marez Johnson. We'll get into Nojas Indrositis here in a little bit. 
But uh, what did you make your conversation with James Brown, who's a finalist for the Team USA U17 team? Always great catching up with James. Just such a great energy. Always got a big smile on his face and great look. He's got a great look, doesn't he? Like, he's, oh yeah, he does. Uh, he's got the yeah. he's got the the glasses. Does he rock, rock the the goggles during games? I think sometimes he does rock the goggles. Yeah, yeah. he does. Just a great man. great look uh, for a big man. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely, I agree. And um, as far as Illinois goes, I know that we talked about the contact period starting last Wednesday, and I asked him, you know, did you get some calls? I, I knew his phone was blowing up. I mean, a guy that's top 30 top 35 prospect and has played really well prior to going to the usa camp he was in the top 30 game at pangos the pangos all-american camp so uh, someone that's trended really well here recently uh, in addition to illinois duke ucla north carolina auburn have hit him up those aren't teams that have offered him but those uh, at least made contact on wednesday but he said illinois texted him at 12 and one second so right after the contact period opened up tim anderson shot him a text and then Brad Underwood gave him a call, and I think that he continues to be very excited about Illinois, a guy that was in the State Farm Center when they beat Iowa to clinch a share of the Big Ten title, saw what that looked like, saw that Merez was there, and, and Nojus was there as well, but Merez has been in his ear. And these, those are guys that are really close, and they really vibe well off of each other on the court in terms of their game. They can play high-low together, uh, they're, and they're just different stylistically, like Merez as you said, it, it's that athletic, that raw athleticism, the rebounding, the defense, and James is more that polished, low post scorer who can use either hand and great footwork, and he can rim run as well. And I think also James, as he progresses, can step out a little bit and feed Merez inside. So uh, there's a lot to be said about those two being able to play together. And Illinois just continues to hard sell that, hard sell the fact that their program is among the top in the Big Ten and, and also very nationally relevant. And yeah, James was very excited to get to Team USA, and he made that first cut. He's among the 18 finalists cutting it down to 12. You're just thinking, Derek, just to, to put this together for people, if you could add a James Brown-type player in 2024, you could have Merez Johnson and, and James Brown up front, and then you could have, is Ty Rogers still there? Jaden Epps running the, the point guard. Is Sky Clark still there? Is Luke Goody a senior? Is RJ Melendez still there? <laughs> right, like uh, Dane Danger. Is he like you're, you're stacking this talent, man? And and, and if Hansbury's there, like it's it's ridiculous. Uh, that that's the kind of Michigan Michigan State stuff we've seen for the past decade. Even Ohio State dating back a little while. That's when you're com- com- constantly uh, competing for Big Ten titles. Uh, the other kid from St. Rita kind of ran the show this week, uh, and I know a, a listener said it's Noyes in Drusitis. That, that's that, that's how you do pronounce it in Lithuania, and I, I checked that on the internet. Uh, but his coaches call him Nojus, so I, I, I'm going to go by that. I don't know if they're wrong, but he goes by Nojus when you talk to him. Uh, but he's an intriguing guy uh, as a guard, Derek. What do you think of him? What did you see from him this weekend? Big Nojus fan, and yeah, I – no, just just sounds cool. So I, I think that, and he hasn't corrected me. So you talked to him this past weekend. I talked to him in Louisville, and I called him No, just his coaches called him No, just, yep. and uh, I think he was he was good with it. So uh, this past weekend at RB, he wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't his best basketball. Uh, now he was in a little bit of a different role with Merez and James not playing. So everything ran through him, and he's a guy that I, I will say we talk about really prolific shot makers. Sometimes it's just catch and shoot. And sometimes it's guys that don't do a whole lot off the dribble. No, just isn't that guy. I think that he really can make set up his shots off the bounce. I think that's something that he's more advanced than maybe even Jaden Shute, who was spectacular shooter in this state uh, at this stage of his career. No, just is better in that front. But 
Um, at RB, maybe not his best showing in terms of shot making or efficiency or anything like that, but a, a guy that I really love in this class, and I think that he's properly ranked by 24-7 as a top 50 prospect. I think he's got a little more upside beyond that as he gets stronger and just continues to advance his game. He needs to lock in defensively maybe a little bit more, but, I mean, we're probably saying that about 90% of to-be juniors in, in high school. Um, but six foot four, a better athlete than he gets credit for, someone that can – elevate and, and finish above the rim, someone that can really shoot. And I, I just – I love the way that him, James, and Merez work together. And I think that it makes a lot of sense for Illinois to try to – I mean, he's as, he's as high as anybody up there with James Brown in 2024 as guys are trying to get. And I think they've done a great job with him. A couple things. Uh, kudos to St. Rita for keeping these kids in state. They, these are three top 50 talents, right? And uh, Roshan Russell's got a lot of talent beyond even those guys. I mean, Melvin Bell is hurt right now. They had a couple guards I was really impressed by. Uh, who are kind of upperclassmen there. So they, they could be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he reminds me a little bit, not quite as long yet, uh, but he reminds me a little bit of Nick Stauskas. Uh, the way he plays, he's got a little more wiggle to his game than just being a sharpshooter. He can create off the bounce a little bit. He's got great Euro steps. He's got to work on finishing, uh, all of that. And he he did he did have some energy defensively. He's got length defensively at guard that, that intrigues me. So I think he brings more than just shooting uh, is kind of the point uh, in that kind of bowl. But, yeah, I mean, he would be a perfect fit along those guys. And they're all playing together, Derek. Like the, them against Kenwood this year or some of those teams up in Chicago, Whitney Young, those could be uh, some really fun battles. Anybody else in the class of 2024 you got your eye on? I think that it's still – I will mention if we're going to talk that Main Street's loaded program, Carlos Harris out of Chicago Curie is someone that's a legit prospect. I don't know if it'll ultimately play out to where Illinois takes two point guards in that class with him and ZZ Clark, but uh, they were his first high major offer for sure. Might have been his first D1 offer, and he's played really well. He's impressed me this past spring with what he brings. He's like a pit bull point guard, can really just take on whatever role you want him to. He can set guys up, but he can also score. Um, it's worth mentioning. Cannon Catchings, uh, someone out of Indiana who uh, his his mom was a former uh, Illini women's basketball player. Uh, his aunt was one of the best NBA WNBA players out there. Tamika, yeah. Uh, so he, he's someone that just recently visited this past weekend, or I should say earlier this week. Uh, he's he's kind of an upside guy. You look at him, six foot six, very slender. Uh, he's visited Purdue. He's visited Illinois. They haven't offered him yet, but uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on just in case things click. And Illinois would have that in the fact that his mom was here on campus playing uh, in the Atlanta uniform. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Derek, let's talk a little NBA draft before we let you go. 
Uh, let's start with the Illini flavor here. Kofi Coburn on Thursday. We're all wondering, does he get drafted? He's a two-time All-American. How can one not get drafted? Uh, but finish this this line for me. Kofi Coburn on Thursday will blank. Be waiting to see where he plays because he will be an undrafted free agent. That's my read. I, I'll go with some of these experts that are doing the mock drafts. I'm still not seeing his name. And while I do think he did some good things at the NBA Combine with his rebounding, particularly on the offensive glass, uh, his interior scoring, which after the first day got a lot more efficient because he didn't shoot a very good percentage. It's just the questions with the defense and defending in space. And I don't worry as much about him shooting threes because I don't think anybody in the NBA wants him to shoot threes. Right. I don't think anybody cares to see him shoot too many mid-range jumpers. You know, sometimes when he clears out for a guard to drive and they hit it to him for a baseline, if he's wide open, I think he can hit that or try to add that to his game. But you're just going to have – as the game continues to mold to this five-out position list, I mean, you look at the Warriors playing small ball with Draymond and, and a lot of uh, teams embracing that. It's going to be some teams that don't want anything to do with Kofi. I think there will be some that are intrigued by him and, and will be willing to roll the dice. I think he will get an opportunity, hopefully a two-way, so it's lucrative for him and he gets a chance to play and make an NBA roster. But uh, I I don't know. I, I hope he gets that moment. I think, I think that – that's what you root for the most is just being able to hear his name called and, and have that, that whole deal for him. But I know some around even the Illinois program are saying it might be better if he goes undrafted and he yeah. can be a little bit of a pick and choose on what's the best opportunity for him in terms of signing a deal and going to a summer league and training camp. Yeah, like as a Bulls fan, I'm sitting there going like, hey, Mark Williams or Walker Kessler, people are – and it's kind of like drafting a running back in the first round nowadays with centers – so I sit there and look, and I'm like, you can get Christian Coloco in the second round. You can get Jalen Williams in the second round. And then I even think of free agents, Derek. And those guys are all obviously quicker than Kofi and can you know hedge ball screens better than Kofi and uh, attack things like that. Like I even think of a guy like Marcus Bingham, who Kofi can dominate in the Big Ten, right? No question. But that's probably a guy who's got a better chance in the NBA because he's long, he's quicker, he, he can protect the rim, but he can also shoot it a little bit. Like, that's where the NBA has gone. So I love watching Kofi Coburn. It's just he's the weird guy, kind of like Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy wasn't going to get drafted, and he dominates college basketball. That's why it wasn't a surprise that Drew Timmy, that the national player of the year, Oscar Shibway, went back to college because they can make a bunch of money. Kofi decides to go the other way, and it was a little bit of a surprise to me because it's a gamble, but he's gambling on himself. So I, I hope he gets the two-way, and I would think there's one of 30 teams are willing to spend a two-way on this this behemoth, right? Because there's still a use, whether it's a Andre Drummond or a Boban or whatever, for kind of this situational player, but it's just the, the ceiling isn't that high just because there's not a lot of guys like him in the NBA. Yeah, definitely. I think he does deserve a chance. I think he will get one because of if he dominates in the areas that he is really good at, if he is able to be someone that if someone's going to go, you know, slender five man space the floor, five man on offense then throw it into Kofi, not that you're going to run a ton of plays for him, but I think that, and also creating second chance opportunities for, you know, we see the prolific shot making that is in the NBA. If Kofi can elevate your offensive rebounding percentage and get more of those guys shots, that's something that he can provide a value in. But yeah, the, some people just aren't going to want anything to do with them. Uh, but I think that he hopefully is going to be able to get a chance. And uh, now it's just prove it. Cause yep. for as much as we talk about the fit, it was all like 
I mean, there was evidence in college basketball. You're going to, you know, run pick and roll against Illinois. You're going to slice up Kofi or he's going to be a liability in some senses. But now it's go in, into that environment and prove yourself. Because yeah. you talked, there's been a lot of talk of you don't fit or all this stuff. Now go go show they're wrong or or, or they'll be right if, if ultimately yeah. you can't answer some of those questions. Either way, Kofi will make a lot of money playing basketball, regardless of, of where it is. And I, I think one thing helping him is is kind of his work ethic and, and his energy. I, I think those are, are two things that, that definitely work in his favor to potentially get one of those deals. All right, Derek, let's talk about the, the Big Ten a little bit, but I first got to ask you, who are you taking number one? This is one of the most interesting drafts at the top, right, of, of deciding who number one is. Because we've had Luca and Aiton. You have the Kings took Bagley number two. Uh, we've had Cade and, and Mobley and, and Jalen Green, but this one's like pretty much pick your flavor of, of uh, post slash forward. Uh, so who do you like among those three, or is it a Jaden Ivey, or is it Jabari, Chet, or Paolo. Good options, man. And the Magic better not mess it up because they messed up a couple of these. Uh, I think if I'm the, if you're going to put me in the seat of being the Magic GM, then I'm going to take Jabari Smith yeah. because you've you've taken some risks already. You've taken the Mo Bambas. You've taken a couple of those. And while Franz Wagner in the last draft probably wasn't the the highest upside, the biggest roll of the dice to see if you could get the the best possible player. And pretty darn good year, and it looks like a pretty darn good pick for them right now. So uh, I'd go Jabari Smith a little bit, maybe on the safer side versus Chet, uh, and know that you're going to get a six foot ten, three and D guy, someone that can really shoot it, someone that can play defense, and is strong and uh, has a high floor. I'm not saying that he doesn't have a high ceiling, but I just I like the way that looks uh, because there there are going to be the questions with Chet of yeah, could he he could be Porzingis, he could also be Bull Bull, or he could be yeah. uh, you know. Thon Maker, I, I, lo- I really like the the things that Chet can do, the skill-wise, the shot blocking is great, uh, the, the fact that he can move his feet and, and cover a decent amount of ground defensively, but you're going to worry about the strength. Yeah. And you're going to worry about, not that it's a, a bully ball league anymore down in the post, but there are going to be some big guys like Jokic and Embiid that will want to uh, bang him up, or, or even if he gets on a switch, you know, Jimmy Butler's going to throw that shoulder and probably knock him into the first row. Yeah. So, uh yeah, it's it's interesting though. Yeah, I I'd have a hard time for Orlando, and I need you need the go-to guy. It's probably Jabari. Like you can go Paolo, but I just feel like Jabari's got a higher ceiling defensively and, and maybe even offensively. Um, Paolo, if you're Houston, I think it's a perfect fit with, with Jalen Green. So I just think that's the fit. Um, but man, it, I'd have a hard time passing on Chet. I I know his flaws. But watching him, and I know he didn't play against the greatest competition. He still played good competition uh, throughout the non-conference, all of that. His def- he is going to be a defensive unicorn. Can he stay on the floor? That, that's my big question. Like if I, if I compare him with another star so he doesn't have to be the number one offensive option, I, I think he could be a great shooter. I think he could be really good off the dribble uh, offensively. But I just think he's going to be able to do things defensively if he's at the four that a lot of teams – uh, really need. So I, I love Chet. I'd have a hard time if I'm Orlando taking him one, but I'd have a hard time passing him at number two. Uh, Powell, I really like. I, I, I think I know what I'm going to get. It's just I feel like the, the ceiling might be a little lower there, but the four is really high. Um, who makes more all-star games, Derek, of the Big Ten guys, Jaden Ivey or Keegan Murray? I'll go Jaden Ivey. I think when you're talking all-star games, you're talking upside. Uh, I think I've been reading some. Some people think that Keegan Murray's in the conversation for most 
NBA ready type of guy. I think just knowing what you're going to get out of him as a really, you know, outstanding scorer uh, who can guard some different positions, three and four. And, uh, but Ivy with the athleticism, it's just kind of the, the thing you fall in love with with him. He's, he needs polish in, in a couple of different areas. Number one, he's played more defense. Yeah. Number two, I think as you look at him operating off pick and rolls and, and that whole kind of deal, he, he's had some moments where, and, and if you, under a microscope, there's a lot of things you can nitpick about prospects, but he had some turnovers. He had some games where he just wasn't bringing it for whatever reason. Um, and I think you and I, I saw know. him though at his absolute best playing Illinois. He always yeah. uh, Illinois had no no answer for him, and that was like with Trent Frazier. And I, I get it, Trent's not as big as the NBA guys' whole face, but man, when when Painter just let him go, when when the offense ran through him, I don't know if Painter did many favors for him, and I don't know if Matt figured out how to truly fit that fit that team together. Um, there's there's a scenario, Derek, where Jaden Ivey is the best player in this draft. There's also a scenario where he's a player that scores some, but is he ever going to be on a winning team? You know what I mean? Like, does he do enough other things? Does he give up defensively? Because there's just times. It's like, dude, are you even interested? Uh, but the upside there is just – it's his first step is ridiculous, and we know he can just go off and, and dominate games. And that, that all translates to the – like, there's some Russell Westbrook kind of – quickness athleticism power thing going on there and the spacing the spacing that he's going to see at the nba level and, and yeah i think that if he would have had a five man that could be like a al horford type if he would have had someone that wasn't going to roll the rim every time or had Edie spotted up in the paint i know travion could, could stretch it a little bit but wasn't a huge shot maker from the perimeter it's just i think some of that clogged up the space for him in the paint and, and yeah like you were saying and even brad i think mentioned it kind of in jest, kind of being truthful. Like, Painter kind of did some favors for some opponents at one point in the season by not putting Ivy in just a bunch of pick and rolls. Now, he did that to Illinois in West Lafayette, and Ivy went for about 30. Uh, but fast break-wise, uh, athleticism above the rim stuff. And I think three-point shooting, that is another – obviously needs some needs to take a jump there because yeah. in Big Ten play, he shot about 30% from three. Uh, but it's something that he can continue to work, work on and refine. And he's got some John Morant to him. He's a guy I think could be better in the NBA than he was in college. I, I just yeah. I think he's got that potential. So um, seems like at times maybe this is unfair. It seems like sometimes he was kind of bored <laughs> with college or or bored with his offense and what was going on. I I think the NBA is made for him. All right, who's your guy for the Bulls at eighteen? I got to go with one of my guys. Don't do I'm it, Derek. You're jinxing me. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know I don't do that anymore because it doesn't happen. I shouldn't even mention it. Um, EJ Liddell. Yeah. yeah. I want to see EJ. And that's that's kind of selfishly because I love EJ's game, but I do think he fits really well. I, I think that having him as a, a three slash four, we got to see probably more of a four, but uh, even maybe small ball five. I, I think he's got versatility. Uh, he's got improving perimeter skills, at least in terms of making the, the jump shot. And uh, – you know, somebody that's got strength, somebody that's a really good defender. Uh, he's got great explosion off the floor who can block shots. And I know that you look at Patrick Williams and, and him slotting in there in, in a similar type of a mold, but uh, I think EJ fits. I've seen even Malachi Branham, which I don't want to see selfishly because I want Io to have the ball in his hands more. Um, not that they couldn't make it work, but I, I think I want to see EJ. Now, if they want to trade up a couple of spots and get Mark Williams, I'm cool with that too, but – I want to see EJ Liddell. 
uh, Tari Eason really intrigues me. If he's there at 18, I don't think they could pass on him. With his length, his athleticism, he can shoot it. Like, I don't think he's going to get there, uh, but he intrigues the heck out of me. You mentioned a big man. Like, if Jalen Duran were, were the one to fall, like, he'd, he'd really interesting interest me. Um, but, like, I struggle with the center thing, but Jalen Williams uh, really interests me. He's long, athletic, and shoot. I don't know why, Derek, because he's exactly the kind of player the Bulls need on the perimeter, but Okai Igbaji, who was great in college, I see him mocked. I'm like, uh, should I have that yet? I just feel like he's maxed out, but I feel like I'm kind of, uh, kind of going against myself because EJ Liddell, like, is he maxed out? I don't know. <laughs> but Igbaji's a heck of a college player. I just, and he would fit with the Bulls. Bulls need some guys out that can come off the bench and, and contribute and maybe eventually turn into a starter. So, um, I just Liddell or Eason to me would make so much sense. Yeah, Abaji's a guy that can score and, and play some some three and D type stuff and, and maybe score a little bit off the bounce too. And I get it, as an older guy, you maybe wonder if he is tapped out and what the ultimate upside is. But uh, EJ has been at least someone similar to Io, who's just continued to climb within college uh, production wise and has added a little bit more to his game each and every year. And I think the three-point jumper was a big thing for EJ. And I mean, we just saw him so up close. that And right, he's easy to root for. I know he didn't go to yeah. Illinois, but, dude, like, he is – he's so fun. Like, he's hes such a good kid, it seems like. Io is the same way. So to root for both those guys after kind of watching them go through all this, Derek, for you and me, it would be a lot of fun. I think for Bulls fans, most Illinois fans would feel the same way. Because I don't know if there was ever any ill will against EJ, except he was really good against Illinois. Yeah, I don't see any reason why to have the ill will there. Uh, and it'd be really cool. Let's hope that Malcolm Hill sticks with the Bulls. Yeah. You got Belleville East, Belleville West with EJ, and then you throw in Io. I mean, it's a whole lot of in-state flavor for those who may even just be on the casual side of the NBA. Anybody else, Derek, that you like in this draft, whether it's a, a later guy uh, that, that people aren't talking about? Is there anybody else you really, really like in this draft? I'm, I mean, I can be the 100 and hundred thousandth person to say Jalen Williams would be nice sometime you know look at him early second round and all that he can bring as a big man but a guy that I think I'm looking at um that's late very late first or into the second Christian Brown deserves a little bit more love loved him as a prospect I don't know if you remember that I saw him Illinois often I love this kid (laughs) yeah yeah national title winner I think that at six foot five six foot six he's got some size he's ability to shoot the three uh, he plays ex- exceptionally hard. He can play some defense. Uh, I just think he brings a lot to the table, even as someone that last year three-plus assists per game. I just think that – I'm not saying he's going to be – and this isn't even a perfect comp, but sometimes we get these proven college players. Io was into this, uh, where these older guys, um, they don't get as much love as the upside guys, yep. the guys that only played one year. So I get, I get Dylan Brooks, what he was coming into the NBA as a – uh, you know, someone at Oregon that did a lot of winning and uh, showed a lot and then and goes into the NBA and he's a second round pick, didn't have a whole lot of hype. And now he's a rock solid role player. I don't know that Brown has the scoring upside as Dylan Brooks, but he's he's someone that I think that we'll, we'll look back on and say he should have gotten an earlier draft pick. I'm going to give a shout out to a guy I love watching the last four years. Uh, he's got the NBA pedigree, a Big Ten guy. I just want to see him get in absolute good shape. Never saw it in college. Ron Harper Jr. Like, that guy's got some things where if he's a small ball four, we know he can shoot it. He's got 
he's just got this X factor, man, where he's a kind of a killer. Like, like what he did for Rutgers all those years. Like I love that makeup. I can find, I can see him finding a spot. So I'm rooting for Ron Harper jr. As well, Derek. Can't argue with that. I mean, he killed Illinois and I like his shot making. And yeah. He does need to just get more in shape, especially when you think about the defensive end, but lots of like about Harper. Where's Diabate going? I like Diabate a lot. I love his potential. I just thought, come back to, I thought him, Houston, Christie, I thought if all those guys came back, they were first rounders next year, probably, you know, talking about lottery potential. I didn't get those decisions. Uh, maybe Christie, cause I think Christie and, and Houston, maybe probably going to be guaranteed contract guys. I don't know if Diabate is, that's why I didn't understand. Like if he would have came back, Michigan would have been my favorite. Um, but yeah, I, I really like his game. I just thought he needed another year to show what he could do offensively. I agree. I mean, athleticism-wise, shot blocking, rebounding, if you can add just that, you know, that 15 to 17-foot jump shot and, and get a little bit more polish on it, I thought he had some really outstanding flashes. And I think that if he would have came back, I mean, Michigan would have been hard to pick against, maybe even at the top of the league, be having the conversation, maybe even more seriously about Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, who to pick out of those three. I think it's most people picking well, – most people are picking Indiana, and Illinois fans are mad because they're not picking Illinois <laughs> – uh, but yeah, I think that I saw Christie, I think on ESPN today at 48 yeah. and that was a guy that come back. Maybe you're in the teens. Yeah. Don't understand it. Uh, Derek, one more before I let you go. Who's the bull center next year? Nikola Vucevic, uh, Rudy Gobert or Deandre Ayton. Ooh, uh, man. Vooch turned me off last year cause he kept shooting a ton of threes and missing them. I love Vooch. Like the, the the things with me, like his effort is off the ta- off the charts. Love it. He's tough. He's just not fast. He's not quick enough. He had a bad shooting year. I get it, but I love Vooch. Um, Gobert is such a tough one, isn't it? Like he'd make yeah. them better. They'd be better for the short term. I don't think they're ever winning a championship. That's okay. Um, I just don't know if it, it, it gets you anywhere. DeAndre Ayton would be great. I would love to find right. a way to get DeAndre Aiden because I think that's both short-term, long-term, makes you better. You can build around him, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Io, whoever you throw in this draft. Um, the Rudy Gobert one, I, I, if they did it, I'd kind of be excited, but I'd kind of be nervous as heck too. Yeah, I mean, Utah never went anywhere in the postseason. Not saying it was all his fault, right. but you do. he's a rim protector, and I think that he could get you to the point of I think with Vooch, some of the matchups, like you're going to face Embiid, you're going to face some of these centers, and he's not going to be able to do a whole lot with them defensively. Uh, he does rebound quite a bit. I'm not going to knock him too much on the glass, but wouldn't it be great? Because the the offseason, the narrative of the playoffs, you go back to last year when Aiden was in the finals with the Suns and how well he was playing. It's like, oh, actually, you can win with a, a really good five, man. You can build around a five. Right. And the very next year, they're playing the Mavs, and they're pick and rolling him to death, and they got to pull him off the floor. And it's like, Aiden can't even play. Right. So, like, maybe you get him on a, a little bit of a buyer low, buy low, yes. not, not crazy low. But that's not like you're trading Kobe White and you get Aiden back. But um, hey, can we trade Kobe White, by the way, too? Yeah, Vooch, 18, and uh, Kobe White, whatever we do there. I, I doubt it's going to happen, but I, I would I would love for that. Gobert, like, it just is the upside there. Like, because you're going to be paying him for four years what are you after? For me, it's not about what you're going to be with Demar and Vooch. It's what you're going to be after them and setting yourself up for to land that next guy. And for me, it's continuing to make the playoffs and hope that Kevin Durant or somebody else gets angry. 
right? Or another star gets angry, Zion, whatever, and says, hey, Chicago, they're one piece away. I can be that guy. So it's just about continuing to have that open window for me. I like it. Kevin Durant's always angry, by the way. So I think we're good. We're in a good spot. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Derek Pfeiffer, thank you, buddy. I know you have more on Illini basketball. We got a mailbag coming up. I know you got some thoughts on uh, Riverside Brookfield as well. Appreciate the time as always, man. Always fun, man. All right, great stuff with Derek Piper. Thank you for listening to the Alana Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on our YouTube page as well. We appreciate when you do that. Until next time, everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We will chat to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast.